Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I f***ing love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that buzz the next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're bucking now, baby. We're oh, bopping. it's great to be back with you. Well, hey, if this song passes the muster of Raging Ally Quint, even though it's called Boston Garden Rap, then we're okay with it. Good to be back in your collective lives Monday, August 7, 2023, episode 427 of the Anakin Florian podcast, Raging Al Iaquinta, filling in off the top of the show for Kenny Florian. Ray Longo's on hand. And I got to say, it was an absolute lock that Raging Al was going to show up right on the screws, noon Eastern time, 1158. This guy's in the back of the room. Of course, Ray, we can count on you now 420 episodes in to be on time. But the realtor of the year, right? You, you know he's going to be there right at noon. It's good to see you, boys. I tell you, after this weekend, I'm a little shocked he was on time. But uh, I'm very happy to see him. So this is this is big. This is bigger than you think, John. It's going to take a little more than a weekend in Nashville to keep me from uh, running off time. We better not have out too long because I actually think his voice might rival yours, Raymond, in terms of how listenable it is. But it's great to have, of course, the longtime UFC veteran, and proud Team Sarah Longo member Ally Quinta with us on the Anakin Florian podcast. Thanks to everybody who uh, who was there in Nashville, Tennessee, and certainly came up to these two gentlemen and myself. It's always a highlight to see you guys on the road. And uh, Al, I guess I'll start with you. You know, this week was particularly unique because of this Dennis Bazooka circumstance. And he's a friend of the Anakin Florian podcast. He's been on the show several times. You know, I think he and our producer Cody Merrill might have actually French kissed at this point in time. You know, he's part of our family, right? And this was such a long time coming that I think we all sort of felt the emotions of this week and then it all happened so quickly. So uh, what was your week like? And uh, you weren't initially scheduled to be in Tennessee with Pumi, were you? No, no. This was uh, last last kind of minute 
you want to you want to take a trip to Nashville and watch me beat someone up?" Uh-huh. And uh, I said, "Of course, let's go, let's do it." Uh, crazy circumstances. I mean, four days notice. Guy flies out the next day, uh, brings the whole crew. You know, we had a, a solid team. Everybody's behind Dennis. We know how hard he's worked to get here. Long time coming. Four days notice. Cuts a tremendous amount of weight. Goes in there against a guy on a full training camp that really looked the best I've ever seen him look. Uh, Woodson did. I, yeah. I, I, I. He definitely surprised me with a lot of stuff that he did in there. Um, and, and you know, credit to Dennis for for really pushing through a hard three round fight against a tough, awkward opponent stylistically. Uh, you know, coming in uh, just you got those UFC jitters that everyone talks about. Uh, right, right off the bat, four, four days notice goes in there and fights fights uh, super hard. So definitely proud of that guy. Yeah, I think uh, anybody who's been a supporter of his was very proud with the effort. And I think anyone who's been a supporter, Ray, knew that he was going to go hard, even if he had a weight cut that had him staring death in the face. And a lot of people were shook by this weight cut. I think Matt Frivola may be chief among them. He said it's the worst weight cut he's ever seen. Uh, but obviously, Dennis, you know, got as close as he could. And I kind of feel like in any other state with a commissioner who understood maybe what was going on, he might have given him the three ounces. But that's neither here nor there, Ray. Uh how how did you uh, handle that Friday that seemed uh, to be a traumatic life experience for Matt to see Marola Frivola? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just being well, hottest here. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I, listen, I was with Weidman when he dropped 30 pounds in 10 days. So I'm no stranger to, you know, seeing a guy laying on the floor. And, uh, you know, that day I was basically crying for Weidman. And, and I, I honestly, at that time, I was saying, take the fine. They'll understand, which maybe in hindsight now was uh, was even wrong. But back then it was just brutal to watch. I mean, he had three pounds to go, jumped in the sauna for fifteen minutes, didn't drop an ounce. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, so I I understand what those guys went through. I wasn't there to witness it, but uh, you know, just just the coincidence of the whole thing pulled me in a coup to fight in the night before. And we weren't going down because that was a little suspect if, you know, who's going to be there. I think McMain is supposed to be there. You know, this was going to be a good shot for Pumi. Then within, you know, a week, Dennis gets the call and we just, everybody just up and leaves because, you know, we've been talking about this and Dennis has been talking about this for about 25 years now. So, I mean, right, it's just right. the, the timing, you know, probably couldn't have been worse, but uh, this is what he wanted. That's his dream to get in the UFC. And, uh, you know, like Al said, man, we just, everybody stuck together and we just went down there to support him uh, because he's a, you know, he's a staple in the gym and he helps these guys up when they were fighting. Uh, and and it was just a, a good thing. And before I get going any, any further too, hats off to Sean Woodson and his team. Yeah. Seemed like a bunch of great guys. I mean, so I wish the guy the best. I mean, they yeah. were just absolute gentlemen and I think they appreciated that Dennis stepped up to the plate and yeah. uh, that's all you could ask for in those situations and those guys those guys were absolutely uh, fantastic and just uh, wish 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 the whole team the best going forward look a bunch of young guys yeah and I uh, wish them the best going forward and I'm going to give you plenty of time to unpack all of this and uh, oh. if you are, are wondering Kenny Florian is driving from New England to Charlotte, North Carolina right now. So we'll recap this UFC fight night with him later in the week and uh, get predictions on Vicente Luque and Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Brian Petrie and Jason Anik, by the way, coming up in about a half an hour. They were both in the building in Nashville, Tennessee. But 
Dennis Bazooka was in shape, right? And I felt the need to come to his defense, not because I like you guys or raise on our show every week, but because this athlete had an idea that maybe some short notice fight might materialize, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have muscle mass, right? So Al, how much do you think the circumstances affect Dennis, if at all, affected Dennis, if at all on Saturday night? I mean, his, his heart obviously was there. He had big moments in the fight. I think to your point, he just fought a Sean Woodson that obviously has been putting in the developmental time and, and mixed it up and just was able to outlast him over a hard 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, to say that the that the whole situation didn't affect him definitely would be wrong. I mean, he, he – I, I could guarantee you he was feeling uh, really that adrenaline dump in the beginning, which you're probably going to have in your UFC debut no matter yeah, what. Either way, yes. Yeah. And then, you know, he was putting together some nice combos, definitely uh, reacting to some stuff. Right off the bat, uh, Woodson hit, hit him with a, a couple of low kicks that changed, that changes things right away. A couple of well, well-placed kicks will affect your movement, affect uh, maybe even letting things go because you're just – you're, 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 uh, you're kind of fearing another one of those kicks coming, landing in the right spot, you know, is – that he he battled through a lot of adversity this week, so I think that going forward has to be in in his back pocket. And uh, you know he gets his next opponent, gets a training camp. He's in right. the UFC now, and now he knows what to expect. Whatever the next fight is, he'll he'll have this experience in in that back pocket to pull out and say, "Listen, I got through four days, got my weight down about as close as you can get, yep. and uh, you know was on." Uh, you know, that's uh, right, right. Door just getting get now having to rehydrate, get back in the fight. You know, it was like what a crazy, crazy circumstance to go through. But that's what it that's what it takes. And now he got through it, and the next one will be uh, you know, it, it will pose problems. Just you know, in the UFC, that's what it's going to be. You know, every every opponent's going right. to pose a different problem, a different uh, you know a different skill set but now that is behind him that he'll he'll make the weight he'll have the time to get his weight down to yep. prepare peak at the right time i mean he wasn't even close to peaking you know he was who the heck knows you know but he was in shape he was training hard he did a he was you know going into the fight the day before he got the call he he was being put through a hard uh, shark tank grappling session session so it definitely you know he he was going in confident but Definitely had a little bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. Well, his second UFC appearance hopefully is in November at Madison Square Garden. And uh, wow. you're right. I mean, it'll have a different challenge, but it will not be a six foot three inch, 145 pound boxer who wants to wrestle all night, you know? So, uh, but uh, so there's so much that we could get into. We had Ally Quinta booked on the show before Dennis Bazuki was even set to compete. So I just want to spend a couple of minutes sort of talking to Al uh, about Aljamain Sterling and everything that you have going on in your life. And uh, I guess I just want to start with this Aljamain Sterling title defense. And certainly you don't need me to tell you anything about his character and why you weren't surprised that he would go support Dennis and Pumi as he did two weeks before a title defense. Um, but the challenge of this title defense is not lost on me for Aljo. And I don't just speak of the opponent, Sean O'Malley. I speak to the fact that he fought Henry Cejudo, you know, in early June over 25 hard minutes. So um, as one of his chief cornermen, Al, how have you digested all the circumstances surrounding this O'Malley fight? And what are your thoughts now, uh, 12 days out? 
Oh, I mean, Aljo's looking great. He's looking great. And I think that was uh, a big reason. You know, he probably would have went either way, but I think that the the fact he's really feeling good, he's he's been he's put in the work. You know, right after that last fight, they kind of threw him right into this one. He was unsure where, you know, how he would feel at this point. And I think we were all just like, Aljo, you you uh a couple weeks from now, you're gonna be like, Wow, I'm ready to go, you know? So and that's exactly what happened. He took those two weeks off, he came back and now it's he's he's in shape. He's looking like an absolute monster best he's looked in the gym so going into this one super confident i think stylistically it's a great fight for him i i know for a fact that uh o'malley's never fought anyone near uh as good as aljo as tricky as aljo as uh cerebral in the cage as aljo and uh as as unorthodox he's like he's never seen the striking he's never seen uh, the movement that Aljo in every every facet of the game he's never you know and then then you get to his bread and butter the grappling God forbid this guy gets a hold of him it's it's not going to look good for yeah, uh, yeah. And for so Ray sure. where are you guys by the time Corey Sandhagen fights Rob Font after you guys corner Dennis well where are we yeah uh, you we, back at the hotel yeah we're at the hotel well, they threw us right out <laughs> so Aljo had tickets we got. We got thrown out, so we watched the fight at the bar. But John, let me add one thing: these these Please. guys have these guys have traveled around the world together. They really are like brothers. Dennis has been a big help with everybody. Aljo, Aljo really is a giver, man. He loves you know he loves his teammates, and I think uh, psychologically making that trip and being there for a guy he he loves and that he knew that this was a huge opportunity. I just think shows you who really Aljo is, even though he's you know, fighting in two weeks, he selflessly, you know, went to uh, Nashville to support his buddy. And uh, like, again, I think uh, psychologically, it's a big plus for Aljo. It might not seem it to the outside world, but I always said, look, if I had to leave the team to anybody, Aljo's really the guy that, you know, loves, loves this stuff. And he gives back to uh, all of the people around him. So uh, I was, it's look, it was just good. It was just a good, good energy having everybody there and it just the way it happened like just one day boom everybody's on a plane the next day and we're all together and we're supporting Pumi and uh and Dennis now and uh you know hats off to Pumi too let's not forget him he got a third round finish yeah I thought he looked fantastic uh and you know Dennis went in and just I think he proved you know he's he's got the heart he's got the determination he was up against some odds again Woodson like Al said fought a great fight and he is a great fighter. So that, that wasn't unexpected. Uh, and that was it, you know, but where we were, we got, we got driven back right after uh, bazooka's fight. So yeah. we ended up at the bar watching the, uh, fine San yeah. fight. No, Sean Woodson is six or seven fights into his UFC career. He's lost one time. And, uh, I thought he mixed things up well. And I thought Dennis had his moments. I thought you guys coached him well. And, uh, yeah, I can understand the psychological value of you guys now having done this trip. And now that you guys are all back without travel issues, we can sort of have this conversation. I feel like Israel Adesanya is the only champion I can think of with respect to the other belt holders that really would have done this, this close to the fight, right? Like if Dennis was fighting on this Luque Dos Anjos fight card this weekend, with respect, there's no fucking way Aljo's going to Vegas when it's that close, right? There were enough days <laughs> where you actually could do this, and I give you guys all the respect in the world. Uh, I want to talk to Ally Quint about a few things, if I could. 
So in terms of your own career, and I have so much respect for it as I pull out my Raging Ally Quinta fight card today, not just your performance against Khabib Nurmagomedov on short notice that historically will always be lauded, but when I look at your wins list, Kevin Lee twice, Ross Pearson, Joe Lozon, Jorge Masvidal, Diego Sanchez, you know, a lot of big wins. But I want to take you back to, if I could, the Ultimate Fighter Live finale, June 1st, 2012, when you fought Michael Chiesa. So James Vick, God love him. And every time Al comes on, I bring this his way. So if your memory's good, I apologize. But Vick is like going to the window. He's like, dude, he's like, Al can't walk. Like you guys had been there for 13 weeks. You were injured going into that Michael Chiesa fight. If that was, if it was 2023, Al, 11 years later, no way seemingly you're medically approved to fight to actually go in there. Uh, but what do you remember sort of about that night? And obviously James Vick having the intel to go load up on Kiesa because not because he didn't think you were better than Mike, just because you were on one leg. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't think he's able to do that, right? He's not allowed to bet on the fights Correct. anymore. Correct. He had some serious inside information there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I was walking through the hotel and, and it was even just like go getting to the training room was, was pretty difficult. Yeah, I hurt I hurt myself pretty bad in that semifinals fight, um, and then we had to do the uh, the medicals before. Oh yeah, um, and and the doctor was like, you know, do a touch your nose, <laughs> do this, do that, and then he told me to squat. Yeah, right, 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 Ray was like, he told me to doctor told me to squat, and Ray was like, oh no. <laughs> no, I start John. I start talking to the doctor. Oh, it looks good, Al. I start acting like I'm the doctor. Just to get him through, because I know he can't squat, man. We had brought, uh, we flew the doctor down. Remember, Doctor Sherry, uh, rest in peace. What a beautiful person. But ultrasound, stem, whatever she could do, we were working that knee over and over again. But when that guy said squat, I go, I go, we're gonna get, we might be fucked right now. <laughs> so I think I start talking to the doctor. I'm diverting his attention. Al maybe does a quarter of a squat. <laughs> The guy goes, okay, next. And I go, holy crow, we, we made it through. So your career, and I mentioned um, some of the big names and some of the big wins, and uh, there were a lot of special moments, right? But knee injuries were part of the narrative in your career. And now here you are, uh, this outstanding realtor. You know, you can still scratch the competitive itch a little bit as you train and help these fellow athletes and coach, and your body seemingly is still able to do all of that. So are you able to lean into the positives now that you are clear of mind and clear of body and have this great secondary career that maybe you wouldn't have, like you, you could have gone on to be like the number one contender or the champion and still not have set for life money. Right. So like, are you able to lean into the positive now that seemingly you are in this great life place? Oh, absolutely. Everything kind of like that first injury back, back then, um, really put it all in perspective. A couple of the, uh, uh, Dr. Davidson with the UFC, he said, if you get this surgery that I wanted to have, you'll probably never fight again. And, uh, and I was like, wow, I was like this guy's, if this guy's saying that and right. uh, who knows, you know, and I, I had to have the surgery cause I was in so much pain that, uh, that, um, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't going to fight without the surgery. So I might as well get the surgery and hope that it, it took. And it did. It, it, I always kind of struggled after that with the, with the knee kind of working around it. And everything, but it definitely set me up to look elsewhere, get the real estate license. Now, uh, eight years later, open up my own brokerage, and I got agents working with me. Uh, you know, so I, I definitely have have thrived in in the real estate avenue, and uh, and yeah, it kind of frees me up 
now that I got my own, I'm open my own office, can can uh, spend some time with, with the athlete, with the fighters that helped me coming up and and be able to travel and, and go to their fights and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's all it's all worked out. Hard hard work pushing through it all, fighting. If you could do if you could fight in the UFC, I think you could do anything. And uh, and it's really just yeah, setting setting yourself up for after because uh, it it ends quick and. Uh, and then you're sitting there going, what the heck am I going to do next? So I, I was fortunate in that aspect. Well, you seem to be very good speaking in front of a crowd. I see you on all these podiums with all these fancy microphones. Would you enjoy doing mixed martial arts commentary or not necessarily? Yeah, I've done a little bit with the LFA. I do the ring of combat. I do I do the uh, the ring of combat. So, I, I mean, I more I enjoy it. I enjoy doing it. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something that uh, – that I enjoy doing and, and every opportunity that I get, I, I, I jump on for sure. All right. And last thing, how much connective tissue is there between the real estate thing and random people in the fight game reaching out to you, trying to sell a house. And uh, if you can uh, pump wherever people can get in touch with you, now would be a good time to do that as well. Yeah. I've, I've had people reach out from all over the country that have been looking to buy or sell. And I've got a great net, network of agents all across, all across the country. Um, so we make it happen. Yeah, if anybody wants to uh, reach out, Twitter, Instagram, usually the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's enjoyable to have somebody that's a fan of fighting reach out from. I bet Georgia, Nebraska, California, yeah. and then to be able to talk to them about their you know their real estate needs. Also talking, we're always talking fighting, you know. So it's of a course. good little bridge, an icebreaker, and then. Uh, and then to be able to help them out and impress them, and then they go tell their friends, it's it's a cool thing. It's really it's awesome. Yeah, John. Let okay, me add one. Yeah, let me add one thing, John. Too is that you know, no one else since he's probably about nineteen to twenty. Man, it's just a really, really great thing to see him succeed after fighting and how he matured. He was a fucking crazy kid who uh, <laughs> you know now now I'm hanging out with him, acting just as stupid as he is at fucking sixty five. So I, I think he he's oh. keeping me young. But just to watch him grow up, even when I I, I called my wife and I told the bazooka lost and she you know she loves bazooka's mother and and uh, you know she said Al's the smart one. He he's the guy. He's the smart one. He set himself up. He, you know. Because she struggles with, you know, the pain these guys have to go through, making mm -hmm. the weight and having to jump in like a fight like that. So it's always good to get that outside look from somebody who doesn't really understand the fight game. But that's what she was saying on the phone is Al, Al's the smart guy. He got, he set himself up. Look, he's, she's so happy for him, you know, because, you know, yeah. she loves his mom and dad, his sister and. She didn't yeah. get to see him. Well, she's always been a fan, but she she never knew what a what a mad hatter he was. You know, we keep that. In the, we got to keep that right. in the box. That, my, right. my wife's a straight shooter. You know what I mean? But right. uh, but it's just great to see the guy succeed, and he's going to have a great career. Uh, you know, the UFC, the fighting. Listen, when you got guys trying to punch you in the face and break your arm and put you to sleep, that's hard. That that's really hard. You know, getting yeah, up and yeah. talking in front of people, even though they say public speaking is, you know, that that's the uh, number one fear of everybody. Yeah, get a guy in front of you who wants to decapitate yeah. you. That That's the number one fear. Yeah, that, there right. is no other right. fear than that. So public speaking, get your own business going. Uh, you know, that that's really tough. And I think the fighting he used as a great 
you know, springboard to get where he wants to go, which I, that's yeah. what I want out of all of these guys, you know, and I think yeah. they're all doing it and they're all going to do it. You know, Sarah's so super successful with his schools, Al's super successful with his real estate. And, you know, all of these guys after they're done fighting are going to be successful because yeah. that's the hard part, what they already did. So you build good, yeah. you know, you build those attributes in the trenches and then you parlay them over into something else I think is, is absolutely awesome. And you keep raging Al on the back burner until you fucking need him. And then you just unload on anybody. I still think he's going to fight, it. John. I still think he's <laughs> fighting. Well, that's uh, exactly. I was in the gym the other day, Ray goes, I'm, I'm sensing something good for you. I'm sensing something good. <laughs> like I'm going to get a big fight coming up. I go, what do you, what do you mean? What, what's next? What is it? But, you know, but uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, the times are holding pads and he would, he would be looking good and his, knee would kill. He'd just take the gloves off and throw them on the floor. It was just super frustrating, you know, so my heart always went out to him, but mm -hmm. I always just wanted to support him and, you know, see him do the best he could do with what he had. And I think he did a great job. People will never understand that, you know, and he, even yeah. with the Kiesa, if I look, Kiesa, one of my favorite people in the world, he's a great guy. That was no disrespect to him. You brought the story up with James Vick and it brought back memories to what we had to do. And that time with the doctor was absolutely crazy i i, yeah, I literally wow. i don't want to say that he was a little older of a guy right i think and i just diverted yeah. his attention when al went to do that squat john i don't even know if he his knees bent i go wow it looks great <laughs> you know i mean it was it was bad it was actually really bad but he did a great job and so good to see kiesa go on and still you know, be in the UFC and still get to say hello to him and stuff. So it's just, oh, yeah, it's dude, all I'm good. not taking a shot at Kiesa, yeah, dude. Just yeah, no, I know I'm not taking a not, fucking shot. I want to make sure because I like him and respect him that yeah. much that it, the story's funny. And trust me, the yeah. knee stories go way beyond that after that, that you never even hear about. So just a right, well, uh, to that. Ally Quinta, very much appreciate your time this morning, sir. And uh, I guess we'll see in Boston, Massachusetts. You may want to tell Aljamain Sterling, unless he loves these boos that seem to follow him everywhere, to just check the Yankees hat. Because uh, <laughs> as someone who spent 30 years in Massachusetts, you know how much love I got for Aljo, but I don't need to see the Yankees hat next week. So. And John, John, let me say one other thing, too. I, I want to start a segment called the people that make the people. I think we just built this platform. We've been doing it. You've been doing it you know, person by person, like building the like brick by brick. But uh, we got stopped so many times. So I want to give a shout out to some of the people. Claudio from Argentina, just super. He saw us all standing there. He's looking. He doesn't know what to make of it. Like he's, first he's looking at me, then he sees Al, then he puts it together. Uh -huh. And he's a big fan of the show. These are people that always start off with, I love the I love the Anik and Florian podcast. And I think we got to pay respect for him. And another guy, when we were getting on the plane, me and Al, this guy, Ray's, that works for Delta Ray's. Airlines. Ray, super nice guys. You know, like, again, big fan of the show. And I, I, I think I want to start, like, going person by person until we get to a million people. That's what I would love to love do it. because I love these guys. I mean, I, I love it. I love, you know, I'm one of those guys that might be a little different. I think Al's more like me. But I, I, I you could you could interrupt me while I'm eating. I just think, you know, to to get to a point where people even give a shit about you like that is, is super mm. special. And if you can make somebody's day, that's what I'm all about. And I love it. So hats off to Claudio Rays. And again, Tom from Twitter. I, I, I don't want to forget him. He hung out with us at the bar. He was at the fights. These are just super nice people. And uh, thank you very much for supporting the show. And yeah, uh, Ray's was raving about the show. He said, yeah. he, he watched it religiously. 
So that was that was cool to see, man. He came up oh, to us cool. in the airport. Yeah, he was uh, couldn't couldn't speak more highly of the show. So yeah, so great. I thought it, I thought it was great because we had Al coming on. So I was like, "What's your name? We're giving right. you a shout out on Monday." So amazing. I, Al, I go out. Can you remember the names? I'm trying to write them down because. You know, ah, Ray, you did good. I would have never remembered Ray's. Uh, I had, I had a, yeah, like I had to write it. I had to write it down because we were all, I think, man. a little really banged good. up getting on the plane. Yeah, so I bet. Well, that's amazing. Well, Ally Quinta, uh, continued success, brother. We'll see you uh, next week, my man. And thank you so much for uh, breaking off a few minutes today, brother. Always, John. Always. I'll see you out there. There he my is, man. raging Ally Quinta, with us on the Antiquarian Podcast. What a good dude. First met yeah. him at the Ultimate Fighter House in 2012. As I was brought in to host the Ultimate Fighter live all the way back then. And then uh, they wrote me out of the show after one season. But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, (laughs) it's too bad that show isn't still live because that season is one that uh, I thought was uh, maybe the best in show history in many respects. All right. Well, we have a lot more to get into, not just Dennis Bazookia. We're going to go four wide and continue with our Anakin Florian podcast family. Big man, Brian Petrie and Jason Anik are with us. Both were in the building at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. Good to see you, fellas. Big gun. Big gun. How did you avoid me? How did you avoid me this weekend? Listen, I saw you. Big gun. I was I was by you when, when I was on the side where all the fighters walked out, and after Dennis lost that fight, my wife's like, "Go down there and get ready. Go down there and get ready," because I was right there. I'm like, nice fighter just lost. I don't want to ask for a picture after uh, Dennis has lost. I, you know, I want you to be with your fighter, yeah. so I didn't see. It. And then, you know, unfortunately, I went with my wife, so she was a trooper for all the fight stuff. But after the fights, you kind of had to do a nice dinner and all that stuff. How to be a good husband for uh, a little bit. But man, I wanted to see Ray so bad. I didn't see you at the weigh-ins. I was uh, unfortunate. Listen, that's Have a you guys met in person? Never. No, and never. I was hoping to the hug. How about that big hug? I mean, that's a couple of great huggers, a couple of big bodies. That would have made Ray feel pretty good after that fight, I think. I love it. Well, I love it. I if, wish. If it. he saw me walking after the fight, he was, I don't know if I even call it walking, but I was definitely limping my way out of the arena. So uh, he might, he helps me, might have just taken me right off my feet. I would have picked him up. I would have picked like you were midgets. Yeah. Next door. <laughs> So I want to get back to something Ray said, the people that make the people. So little yes. disappointed Ken Flo couldn't be with all of us today uh, to not celebrate, but just acknowledge that for the first time in the near nine year history of the show, the Anakin Florian podcast was nominated by fighters only at the World MMA Awards in the category of best MMA programming. And I can't even get it out of my mouth, Ray, without getting chills, because nice. this has been the you little engine it. that could for a lot of years and largely our format has stayed the same dating to our first episode in april of 2015 the ray longo minute was a part of that very show and you know we haven't always focused on things that get you awards right and that get you ratings necessarily we focus on content and i think as such we have a very loyal dedicated audience and a lot of those people I think happen to be people that matter in the MMA industry and that are in the mixed martial arts industry, such as this anonymous fighters only panel that acknowledged our show with something that to me uh, just feels so very good. But you mentioned our listeners and our viewers, Ray, and uh, I'm just glad that you acknowledge those people because this doesn't happen without their loyal support. And uh, you're goddamn right. We'll fucking take that nomination every day of the week. It means a whole lot to (laughs) every last one of us. Well, John, you're hitting on some things I think, uh, uh, you know, indicative of even my life. Like, you know, I, I look, I 
we enjoy doing the podcast. We do it, I believe, organically. I don't think we ever look for anything. You know, now, you know, there's a little money coming in. It's it's absolutely super with all of that stuff. But it's almost like me coaching. Like people, you know, I think you're the most underrated coach in the, you know, in the, not, I, I never thought that. And just like the podcast, I always thought the podcast was great. So even like when you're saying <laughs> like we were the little engine that, you know, good. To me, we never were that. You know, to me, we were always right where we wanted to yeah. be. I think we were having a yeah. great time, and I think we we try to shoot from the hip as much as possible. You're in an awkward position because you're really on a different level with the organization than I am. But I think we we keep things honest, and I think that goes to show everybody who you are because you're in a really awkward spot. And you know, I think job. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, thank you, buddy. Well, thank you, buddy. Of course, we get a long go blackout as he's paying me that compliment. But uh, no, it really does mean a lot. And certainly we read all the YouTube comments. Cody reads every last one of them. And I know Big Gun leans into that as well. And uh, we appreciate that back and forth. And certainly when we read comments and someone says, man, you know, you got the lead voice of the UFC. How come you don't have any ratings or why aren't your numbers better? Right. Well, we focused on the content. And if those numbers, uh, you know, are what they are, then that's that's fine. I'm not going to book Habib Nurmagomedov just to do a big rating, you know, but we are very thankful to our DraftKings family and to all of you guys, Jason, of course, and your wife, Amanda, helping us out on the business side with many things to come. Best handicapper in the history of the show, for sure, uh, in Big Gun Brian Petrie. But to that end, let us serve our audience and not fluff ourselves. We're going to get Ray back, but I, I do want to dive into this show. Now, I did get a text from you, Big Gun, at one yes. point during the proceedings yeah. about the crowd, and maybe it yeah. was a group text, so I don't know the exact nature of the crowd. Ray, thank you, by the way, for what yeah. you said. I really uh, appreciate that, and congratulations on your nomination. We got Longo back now for Coach of the Year. Yeah. Get out the vote for Ray Longo, by the way. He needs that hardware, and uh, Ken Flo nominated for Analyst of the Year as well, but uh, yeah, the award that we baby. all want collectively, folks, is uh, is for Best MMA Program, and let's be honest. And uh, I will be out showing up at the World MMA Awards, no matter if it's the night before a pay-per-view, to show my respect to the Fighters Only family for acknowledging our show 
Uh, and uh, but that's the award we want. So uh, I don't care if you vote for Laura Sanko for personality of the year. We want to win best <laughs> MMA program. And OK, so but I just want to talk to these guys and you, Ray, a little bit. And uh, Big Gun, I yeah. thought the Nashville crowd was really darn good most of the night early okay. arriving acknowledging the grappling but i got a text yeah. from you that this was not a good crowd and obviously uh they didn't handle moments late in the night particularly sure. well but uh what was your experience like being in the building yeah so i i want to preference this by i am a snob i am a huge mma snob so if i hear chatters that i don't agree with or it's ridiculous i get a little eh. But, you know, they, they came early, which is great, and they were loud, but the night goes on, the booze goes on. You know what I mean? So then we started getting some really bad booze. I mean, they were booing during uh, the Jacoby-Kennedy fight, which ended in a knockout. Like, they were booing, <laughs> booing before the knockout. It's like, can you give these guys a minute here? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then just in my section alone, I can't attest for the entire crowd because I met several national fans of the show and everything, and they were great. But in my crowd – or in my section, there were some very obnoxious people, guys that didn't show up till the Tatiana Suarez fight. And then they're booing. It's wow. like, bro, you've been here for two minutes. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, and I got hands too. I got hands. I'll turn around. Yeah. You know. <laughs> fucking steps, my guy, the guys in front of us really bothered. My wife was, was, was kind of, I was getting a little animated. Do you guys know who the, uh, the guy who sings over the rainbow, the very, enormous Hawaiian gentleman who sings over the rainbow. Do you yeah, guys know who that singer is? Yeah. yeah. So there's a guy in front of me who looked exactly like him and he's yelling the most obnoxious stuff. His dad's next to him laughing at it. This guy's got no cardio being a bigger guy myself. I'm looking at him like, buddy, you're 800 pounds and oh. you're yelling about cardio. What are we doing here? And he just wouldn't <laughs> shut up all night. And my wife's like, relax, relax. You can't get in a fight here. You took a picture of the guy behind you. Relax. Right, so right. I got a little worked up because, you know, the main event obviously wasn't what we all expected. I thought Corey did great with what, considering what he went through. Um, and those are the kind of nights you get in MMA. I'm, I'm never going to boo. I'm never going to boo these fighters. I'll boo a, a Steelers fan. I'll boo the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll boo some refs because that's a game. Yeah. This is a sport where guys are putting their body's livelihood on the line, and right. he's going in there with a messed up injury and then got injured in the fight. You're never going to hear me boo. So I, I didn't appreciate the boos. Uh, but other than that, like the people I met in Nashville were great. The city's great. But yeah, just a couple, couple bad eggs. Yeah. Hey, well, Ray, how much more time eggs. do you have? I got as much as you want. I just hope okay. I don't get interrupted as, as we're going through this because I thought I set everything up correctly. So <laughs> no, you did. I'll lose my shit on here in a minute. But <laughs> Jay, go ahead. Jay, go ahead. No, I just want to get in. You know, when I went over to CBP, and thankfully it wasn't the first time I'd seen him all weekend, but I went to see you and your wife. And mm -hmm. uh, so, so we're saying hello. Heidi Dean's with us. I always love mm -hmm. my time with Heidi Dean. Shout out, Heidi Dean. Uh, shout we're out, standing Heidi. there, and I the see best. this couple, and I see this couple recognize BP. Okay, and it might as well have been Jay Z and not BP. Yeah. I mean, huh. this lady's face, like she's talking about the crowd. I'm talking this lady's face lights up because he's down, sort of, you know, close, close to the cage, and he, and I just see her walking, just so excited. She has no idea how nice he is. She probably can't believe how big you are, like everybody else. Yeah, right. But the right. fans came out for BP, did yeah. they not? It was. You crazy. saw a lot it, of people asking for pictures, bro. So a lot of love for you amongst the yeah. the wacky crowd. I never thought I would be the guy taking pictures. Like when we be getting into the arena, we got there early waiting in line to go get the tickets. And it, we took about six. I took about five at the weigh-ins took like four or five in the arena. I'm like, what, what is this? I look at my wife, like what life is this? I'm taking you know, pictures with this? people. 
Yeah, this is the Anakin Florian. Burn. Well, but, but, made, yeah, well, yeah, the Anakin Florian podcast changing lives, of course. I mean, it's not bury the lead. But Brian, <laughs> yeah. you have earned earned what has come your way. Go ahead. I appreciate that. One hundred percent. All right. Well, I have a lot of fight stuff that I'd like to get into, with yeah. you, gentlemen. And Ray, I will get you out of here in about fifteen minutes or so. No, I'm here when it. But I want to just want. close the book on the Dennis Bazookia fight, if I could, and then yeah. we're going to get into Corey Sandhagen and the rest of this stuff. And Ken Flo's coming up in a few days, so just bear with us. But I didn't love what my conversation with Matt Frabola. I know you and Al and I talked about it, and I'm so glad that Dennis yeah. is out the other side. I'm glad he didn't shave his head. I think this is not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but as far as the fight is concerned, huge leg kicks early from Sean Woodson, Ray, that you acknowledged yes. in the corner, and that yes. didn't seem to be the biggest factor as the fight went on. But to what degree were you guys surprised with the wrestling game of Sean Woodson? Yeah, look, I, I, I was even surprised with the calf kicks that he got off early because I really – thought it was going to be the other way around. I wanted Bazooka to chop his legs down. You know what I mean? So uh, I thought that was good. And yeah, but look, Woodson's, uh, he's been around long enough. He's, you know, he's a complete fighter. You know what I mean? So uh, I think the fact, look, Dennis has decent stand-up. He's got really good stand-up, actually. So the fact that Woodson was trying to get that fight to the floor, I think, speaks volume like, you know, you know, what he was feeling in there also. So I wanted it. I didn't like when Bazooka had his back against the cage. I thought Woodson, Woodson did a great job. He looked optically looked great when he was unloading against the cage. And I think, you know, again, that's like, oh, look, after the fight, if, I'm not even going to analyze the fight. If you were tired and you were just backing up to get a break or even when he was going for the takedown, he wasn't going to like win the fight like that. His shot was in the center of the ring. He's got good power in his hands. You see, even when at the end of the second round, when he got out of whatever submission, he ended up on top with the ground to pound. He was unloading. Like he he he's he's got killer instinct, you know. So uh, I thought he did a great job with everything. But yeah, Woodson's a complete fighter at this point, and uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I, I I I thought he would stick a little more to the boxing than he did. Maybe that was a surprise, but you know. Yeah. All in all, uh, you know, like when these guys are in there, you know, you might feel something, right? Like I'm yeah. sure if Aljo's fight, you know, O'Malley, and even though we know his strength is the wrestling, if he feels it's really easy, that's where he's going to go. He's going to go to the path of least resistance, which is what he should do. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll get into that with the Sanhagen fight too, which I thought, yeah. again, like Jason said, I say he can do what he had to do. You know what I mean? I, I don't like the shit when you're going to save a fight. It's not your opponent. You think you're doing the right thing. And then the next thing you know, you're the villain for for shutting down a, a really tough guy. And so yeah. I got a different way of looking at it, but you know. Yeah. Sorry uh, for that market it is change what it is. And raised know. audio. Jesus fucking Christmas. <laughs> All of a sudden your audio no. just went up like a million octaves. No, it sounds actually better right now. Uh, but you provided oh, okay. the segue for us. Jason, I want to start with you on the main event because it was a pretty uneven main card. You started with a couple of decisions. I thought it was a great main card, all things considered. You have the back-to-back-to-back finishes by Diego Lopez, Dustin Jacoby, and Tatiana Suarez. But, Jay, when you have a main event like this, circumstantially on a night that has this Jake Paul-Nate Diaz fight, uh, I think it maybe compounds things. So, aesthetically, not a great main event. Corey Sanhagen certainly wrestled the striker to great effect but you were octagon side jay so uh we'll start with you on the main event Corey sandhagen 50 to 45 times three 
Yeah, well, it's like when you see those 25-minute fights and you have a good, which frankly is like over 30 minutes with the breaks in between rounds, and you almost see where it's going to be, you know, after seven, eight minutes, you sort of see where you're going to be 20 minutes from there, and then the crowd starts depleting. And, you know, those boos, I'm with you, Peachy, about the boos, but that just is what it is. And, John, I think you mm-hmm. made a great point. Or someone made a point about how you're going to have in high level technical martial arts, you're going to have some fights that maybe Cody and I were talking that are maybe a little boring, frankly, doesn't mean it's not technical and well. Ex- I mean, I, I was really admiring. I'm rooting hard for Bob Font trying to get up there and liking a lot of sort of his tactics and looking like, frankly, his cardio is there actually to try and get up there. But to me, it just kind of is what it is. I enjoyed the Ankalaev Bohovic main event far more than many that resulted in a draw. I'm glad we've heard Ankalaev. I have coming back now. But so for me, it just kind of is what it is. But in I, Cody and I were talking earlier, technical fights can be boring. And that's just sort of how it how it, it wasn't the most interesting 30 minutes of my life. Brian, what do you got on the main event, kid? Yeah, I mean, this isn't fight of the year. I mean, you know, uh, but I did like, you know, for as a capper, I go, okay. So when Corey fights now, he got a little bit of wrestling in him, right? He got a little that wrestling. Now that was the big <laughs> thing. I mean, Aljo took him down, took his back, submitted him very quick. This was supposed to be Umar in there. And, uh, and then, you know, Corey did this basically one arm, right? You know, that's what he did. There's no fake injury there. I've seen the videos. Yes. He's getting surgery, all that. And Rob Font didn't have much off his back. You know, he tried a couple of guillotines and stuff, but he couldn't get up off his back. So Corey's obviously pretty heavy on top. Rob Font's a complete fighter. So I'm taking all the positives away from Corey. The only negative I would say is if Cheeto goes out there and knocks out Pedro Munoz, Corey's probably not next. They're Cheeto will leapfrog him. Even though Corey has a win over that, they're going to go, hey, this guy right here, this guy fucking, he's excited. He bangs. Let's bring this guy in. And then, you know, everyone made a big deal about Dana White leaving and all this stuff. So I think Corey fought a smart, good fight. Uh, and he showed a new wrinkle to his game, um, which I appreciate. You know what I mean? Moving yeah. forward. Ray, I think people make oh, too much of Dana John, White leaving yeah, before John, the main. I, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, ahead, no, I'm sorry. This is why they're taking pictures with Petrie. For this, this is why <laughs> the guy's dead on everything. God, yeah, so but when he just leapfrogged your guy Marab, you know, <laughs> he didn't even mention Jay. Your mic is so <laughs> fucking grating. I'm sending you a sure no. mic right after the show. <laughs> Sorry, but he didn't talk about the Wallace Willie. That's yeah. all. Yeah, no, I'm listen, just waiting for a window uh, to get in here. There's a little saying, delay. Saying that is, yeah, Sandhagen's going to be penalized for that, unfortunately. And look, look, there's a lot to unpack. But, like, when you're backstage with the fighters, guys, and, you know, after the, the weigh-in, they take the fighters in the, in, the, in the room to give them the pep talk. They don't take the coach. They don't want the coaches anywhere near that. You know why? Because when they're talking, the coach is going to go, fucking don't listen to that, man. Fight your fucking fight. We don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 there's a, a a group of people that think Lenny Garcia versus the Korean zombie was a great fight. It was a barroom. Bro- yeah, it was exciting. We all want to yeah. see those fights. But was it a technical fight? Absolutely not. So, again, I think Cruz hits it out of the park on the broadcast. That's why you need different guys looking at things because he brings up the technicality of what was going on. And, uh, you know, like Brian says, you know, now – you know, poor, poor Corey goes in there thinking I'm going to show a side of my game that no one's ever seen before. And I'm injured and it's the way I want to go. And the guy's going to come out. And he's miserable now. Now that everybody's mm-hmm. bitching about it. So, you know, I think the real people in the game understand what was going on. They have an appreciation for it. But, you know, they are running a business. I will never argue with that, whether I agree with it or disagree. You want excitement. Obviously, you know, you want the optic 
or that. You want people getting knocked out. But uh, sometimes it does have to do what they do to get the W. And hats off to Corey Sanhagen. He's a, you could tell he's a super cerebral guy. He wants to improve all the time. Uh, I wouldn't penalize the guy for it. I, you know, I, I compliment him for it. Hopefully his elbow is not a torn triceps. That can be an annoying longer term injury. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a clean fight for Corey Sandhagen, great corner, Christian Allen, Carrington Banks, Ryan Hall, they touch on all phases and, uh, yeah, they're going to beat you at what you're not good at. And seemingly that's going to be the strategy going forward. And if that's off putting for some of the fan base, then I think so be it. I don't know how he'll be penalized. Brian, did Dana do a post fight press conference after this or no? No, I haven't right, seen so- thing Dana post that was about the kid rock kid rock gave him some guns. That's all I saw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that Dana has necessarily addressed this. I'm not sure the extent to which Corey Sandhagen is going to be penalized. There are a lot of different layers to this main event to get into. I don't know that Rob Font was expectant that he was going to get wrestled to that degree. And even though I thought his defensive grappling was pretty good early, uh, it was not particularly good late. Dominic Cruz is a fantastic grappling jujitsu analyst. There is not a single thing. And he had me in Darce Chokes all weekend. I am never going back to jiu-jitsu class, but I'm just telling you, there's nothing that could happen in that octagon that he does not recognize acutely and can't simplify and explain to the audience. So I wanted to shout out Dominic Cruz there. Uh, but Ray, yeah, Corey Sandhagen is an outstanding striker and would beat a lot of the guys in this division yes. in a straight kickboxing match. But he's also maybe the foremost student of the game in this entire division. So I don't know that anybody should be all that surprised that he's going to present a more layered version as he gets to a more advanced age. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I'm going to tell you something, too. Dominic Cruz said something I couldn't agree with more when he said, you know, everybody's saying you do this, do that, do that. If it ain't in your wheelhouse, you ain't doing shit. That's why I always uh-huh. say game. What the fuck is a game plan? We all know what game plan should be. Can your guy do it? And some guys can't. So that to me, the real game plan is when you can't do something and you make what you can work. That's that's a game plan because then that takes special training. But yeah, you could you could talk all day long, go for the leg, do this, do that. It's the guys you could see that's not where he was at. You know, so Dominic, I think, you know, a lot, look, a lot of times, you know, even I disagree with some of the things, especially when he's ragging off this him. But for the moment, man, I agree 100 percent with him. He's an intelligent guy. He does a great you know, job analyzing those positions and explaining it to the people. He was dead on with that. He, he can't do it. If he could do it, he would. do yeah. it. You know, I think it's that simple. You know what I mean? So yeah. hats off to him. So. Jason, Dominic, and I were able to watch the last four rounds of Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. And, uh, Jay, you had a front row seat for Dom going at one of the Jake Paul supporters in the room. That was fun. (laughs) Oh, well, Dominic Cruz, I mean, no matter who you are, no matter how long he's known you, anything you utter out of your mouth, what he will hold you to it. I've said it on my show before. So if you, if you, no matter oh, what no. you say, if, if he doesn't agree with it and he's tactful, but you know, and yes. this dude is yoked and, you know, drunk. And I'm just, I'm just, and Dom's just sitting there, just, just picking this guy apart verbally to the point where the guy's like, basically like, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm, you know, like he's pulling on his side, but Dom is just, um, I've never met anyone quite like Dom. Yeah, but I like it. I like being challenged by Dom more than more than most things. He's the man. <laughs> yeah, J- Jason, I'll disagree with one thing you said. Tactfully not. Not tactful at all. <laughs> he's right in your face, that guy. He's, yeah. he's going to say what oh. he wants. I don't know how oh, yeah. tact there is with that, but I mean, he's 
He's attacked me and Sarah together. I mean, he the guy's the guy's awesome. He really is can't control. He definitely cannot control himself. There's no way no. in the world. No. So one thing that as a parent I really try to preach is tactfulness. And yeah, Jay, I think you left yes. out just two words. He can be tactful for sure. <laughs> he can lead the league in tactlessness as well. But I absolutely love the man. Uh, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, Brian Petrie, I'd like yeah. to begin with you on Tatiana Suarez over Jessica Andrade with a guillotine choke. It comes at 131 of the second round. One of five performance bonus winners on the night. And for the first time in the history of the Anakin Florian podcast, both of our handicappers offered up five unit plays on Tatiana Jay and I were talking about this in our hotel room, that all mm -hmm. of these sharps were loading up on Suarez by finish. I have to think the books got absolutely killed. What were your thoughts on Suarez doing what most expected her to do in Nashville? I loved it. You know, I said this last podcast, I'll say it again because they're picking up a little steam. You know, I know chicks, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Five unit whack here. Um, no, listen, I had her by submission too. It was plus 225. I got it early in the day. And I like what she did. I mean, Andrade stuck uh kept her hips out you're not getting a single you're not getting a double on me so guess what she does she goes and ankle picks her and takes her to the ground and works her game on top didn't rush anything kept her distance in the first round didn't try to rush the finish avoided those big bombs against a legend in Andrade, and then goes out there and uses one of those fancy chokes her boyfriend's teaching her or that she's teaching him who knows she's not good uh and, and got her out of there and i was blown away again i've said it before that you know i'm not doing a hot take here but without the injury she'd be champion and uh, i'm looking for maybe one more fight from her and then we're gonna see her for the belt i think unless they rush her to the belt but uh i i think the belt's coming soon Ray, I thought it was a banner night, as I mentioned, on the sticks for Dominic Cruz. And he felt as though in our fighter yeah. meeting and in round one, Jessica Andrade's tactics were correct. The thought process going into a very challenging fight yes. was correct. Mm -hmm. But Tatiana Suarez is a real problem. And perhaps I'm overstating it when I suggest she can be a three-division champion, but she has a mean streak. She has an appetite for training oh, hardest oh, worker in the doubt. room freestyle wrestling base and she's, she wants everyone to know she's a much better striker than you think too mm -hmm. yeah well first off beats you find wax back in the day was code for five guys are getting killed i don't know what the hell he's talking <laughs> about but five unit wax so that, that's what it means to me i'm like Petrie's sorry, going to sorry. the dark side. Is he telling us something suarez is a complete and utter beat <laughs> <laughs> Come for the beast. I, I even think the relationship she has with Pat is just in her that dominant. You know, he's a savage also. This is a this is a power couple from hell, these two. I mean, I don't think anything's yeah. stopping her. I, uh, I, look, I, I expected her to do exactly what she was going to do. She's driven. She's focused. She's got the skill. Uh, but I still think there's, you know, some gaps in the stand-up, but, you know, she could overcome that. Uh, but all in all, that's going to be a hard person to deter, to, you know, to stop her to get from what she wants. And mm. what a great performance. Uh, and Andrade has been stumbling a little bit lately. So mm -hmm. was that with yep. Tatiana's weight class? Were they all in the, their weight class? The original yes. weight so class? Yes, so Lanchfield's no, not Blanchfield's weight class. So Blanchfield's a 25 or these, and we call it Blanchfield's weight class. Alexa yeah. Grasso, we absolutely love you. You're okay. beautiful and you're a tremendous <laughs> fighter. But yeah. 115 pounds straw weight, 
Tajia Suarez has told us during our fighter meeting she ate steak Diane the the week before the Montana De La Rosa fight. So she is a straw weight, right? And I will get into the bantamweight stuff wow. actually as well. But the point is, is that she has a win over the current UFC flyweight champion, Alexa Grasso. Now that fight happened at straw weight. But most people would argue that Tatiana Suarez would be favored right now to beat Alexa Grasso. Maybe she wouldn't be favored to beat Valentina Shevchenko. They have their rematch do Grasso and Shevchenko September 16th in a different division. But Suarez eventually, most people believe, will ascend to a, stri- a strawweight title fight and perhaps in a fight or so. And she would then potentially be in a lot of favorable matchups at 25. And then when you look at 35, Juliana Pena and Raquel Pennington, yeah, she's given up a lot of size. But those matchups are good for her. All these mm-hmm. matchups are good for her, you know? And uh, she's 11 and 0. You know, she's not 28. I think she's 32, right? Because. Her a lot of her prime has been taken up by injuries, but uh, I don't know, Ray. I think I think yeah. she could realize potential titles in three divisions. Yeah, she's got. I, yeah, she's I, got mean, the I think she's I just mean, total definitely star. For the, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely for fifteen and 25, 35. I can jump, but she looks huge in there to me. That's why I wasn't sure because I know Blanche built Forge. I guess Andrade went up for that fight, but um, right. Yeah, some good stuff coming down the pipe for her. She looks like just her headspace is really in the right spot. I mean, uh, that's a that's I see when I forget about technical, I see just utter confidence and determination. And uh, yeah. I think she's been through some adversity in her life that this is like we we were saying, you know, the, the adversity she's been through is even better than is even worse than the adversity we were talking about comparing fighting to public speaking. So She's a she's a girl on a mission. I think she's got the right people around her. And, you know, yeah. she's she's a force to be reckoned with 100 percent. Yeah, you're wise to acknowledge the people around her, the interim Bellator Bantamweight champion, Patchy Mix and sort of opposites attract. Right. He lets everything out there in terms of his emotions and things. And she keeps everything pretty tight. But he's a shy kid. I got to yeah. meet him and uh, an absolute killer and uh, certainly one of the best 135ers in the world. All right. We'll see where Tatiana Suarez goes yeah. from here. But uh, she is a real problem. Hey, Jason, I would like to start with you on Diego Lopez and huh. Gavin Tucker, if I could. How about this Diego Lopez cat? So most of our listenership knows what he did against Mavsar Eabloyev in his short notice UFC debut. But then he's fighting a Gavin Tucker who's game as hell, super motivated, coming back from devastating injury for the first time in several years. But Gavin Tucker at times has looked like a really elite fighter. And Diego Lopez, who couldn't even get to the UFC for some circumstances, you know, chews him up and spits him out in like 90 seconds. So uh, what'd you think about the affable, quickly becoming fan favorite Diego Lopez, Jason? I mean, can't get enough of him. I met him in Vancouver and just gushed to his face about his last fight, which was a loss. I mean, that even I've, I've never, a lot of guys perform very well and come out on the losing end, but that that wasn't a split. And to me, that was as good as you can come out of a loss. Um, and he, he is him. I agree. And he's got that star power. And there's certain guys where English might not be their first language, but it's not going to surprise me if that guy's talking great English on the mic soon too. Do you know what I mean? I just, uh, he has the star power and you know, that matters. Like we were talking about Tatiana a second ago with Amanda Nunes exiting door, right? Here comes Tatiana Suarez, whether they're in the same division or not, star power really matters in this. Diego has it. Tatiana has it. Um, yeah. but I can't get enough of that kid. I'm so happy he's on the winning end, and I can't wait. He'll be in the ranking soon. I think he's a stud. Hey, uh, Ray Longo, Diego Lopez, longtime jiu-jitsu coach of Alexa Grasso and Irene Aldana. 
it's been a few different things that have sort of kept him out of the UFC. But when you see a guy like this, I can't help but wonder, like, man, where has this guy been? Like, hmm. give me the haircut. Give me the uh, the open mindedness <laughs> to learning and speaking the English language. Like, give me this whole Diego Lopez package. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, he he came out. I thought I was at an in sync concert with that haircut. <laughs> but you're never going to forget looking at that guy for sure, man. I mean, he's he's got it going on. Look, he could have had some fights. I didn't really I haven't studied him. That you know, the UFC is very particular with you know what they want. We just we kind of hit on a little bit. They want excitement. I think the guy's super exciting, but maybe he had a couple of that weren't. Maybe that was the reason he was out, but he ain't out. He's not out anymore, and he's in, and he's in with a vengeance. And uh, especially if you're a jujitsu guy, you got to love what you saw out of him. I mean, I started rubbing my way after that fight. I just, I, the, the, the pain that uh, that he put yeah. that other guy in was, he had to snap that arm for sure. So, yeah, he's looks like he's, you know, the, the first time he got in with, uh, I'm not even going to make an attempt out of the guy's name, but uh, he did great <laughs> in that fight too against a really top game guy. What's his name, John? Mr. Mobstar. Mobstar. Mobstar, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so he died. So, uh, I thought he was in that fight, so. Hey, big gun. Hayden yeah. Iverson, my friend Hayden Iverson on Instagram at Hey Jive Picks. I think he was suggesting yeah. it's like an emo haircut or something that we got with Diego it's, Lopez. Is that what it is? On my, on my podcast, I call it the cutie boy haircut. He's just, it's just down here. It's just a, <laughs> he's just a little cutie boy with it. And I had a yeah. big swing and a miss because I took Gavin Tucker there. Uh, you know, I saw uh, Cody and people, but Diego, Diego Lopez might be him. And another thing that I'm super embarrassed about is is two things one is as a handicapper i don't ever because I, I watch footage of them i don't ever sometimes my dumb brain go oh this guy's gonna get better i've seen him i'm like oh i've seen i've seen him fight so-and-so and he lost but he's getting better i mean what he did when he trapped the arm in that triangle i thought you know kenny's gonna break it down better but i thought gavin was getting out and he wasn't that's a grip strength that's a leg strength that's patience that's diego knowing exactly what he's doing and secondly i'm the biggest patrick swayze fan in the world i watched the movie roadhouse 92 times i'm going for my hundredth diego lopez looks exactly like patrick swayze if you can give him a good look and i'm like why am i not picking this fucking guy yeah. so big swing and a miss for me i apologize to the fans out there took a dog shot it failed diego lopez is somebody i'm not gonna uh overlook anymore because uh yeah he yeah. looked fantastic in there and the swayze <clears throat> Similarities actually are undeniable. Hey, Ray, yeah. before I let you go. Yes. We're going to talk to you next Monday, but you're actually going to be in Vegas for Dana White's contender series. Pompos is competing Tuesday, August 15th. Yes. Is that, yes. is that the word on the street? That Pompos Gregorio. Yeah, we got to be great. And that that is the word on the street is the correct word. He, we, we will be in <laughs> Vegas for the contender series. Super excited for Pompos. Waited a long time also to get here, so I hope he, he steps up and does what he should do. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for giving me a full hour. We will talk to you next yeah. Monday live from Las Vegas. And, uh, wait, you know, you're the man wait. just seeing the whole long go entourage in Nashville with yeah. a sight. Seriously. Uh, it was a, I, we, had a, we had a great time this week. I got one thing with the Jake Paul Diaz fight because I don't understand that. I got no dog in this Please. morning, but I got a, I think I have, tell me guys if I'm right on this i got the marketing idea of a lifetime we should all promote this because I, i'm not saying the guy can't box i think he could box but you know he's he's 20 what is he 26 this kid 25 yeah. he's fighting guys 39 38 here's what we do 
If Bo Nichols listening, Bo Nichols, this is what I want you to do. You do an MMA fight. Let's get him a couple of world champion old boxes. Let's go Bo Nickel against like Delo Hoya MMA fight. Let's do Bo Nickel against the, no, even better. Let's do Bernard Hopkins against uh, Bo Nickel. So he's the younger guy. He's got 30 pounds on everybody. See how long those fights last. last. I want, I want Petrie. Let's put this together. I go Bo I Nickel it. again. Put him against anybody. It. What's going to happen in that fight? Imagine a young guy taking on guys in their late 30s, early 40s that were former champion boxes. Give it to me, man. Let's do it. I say let's do it. Let's see how that looks. So I don't understand what's going on in this YouTube world. I really don't. I'm never going to get it, but that's what I'd like to see. Get a young guy like that. How long will those fights go? Canelo Alvarez. Put him in with Bo Nickel. What happens in that fight? Right. No, like, I don't know why people are surprised what's going on. I'm, I'm right. I well, got, Dominic I Cruz's thesis statement I, on this whole thing is that Jake Paul that only my, fights. Yeah, no, and it's good, Ray. Sorry, there's a little bit of a delay. Dominic Cruz's thesis statement on this whole thing is that Jake Paul yeah. only fights the already wounded mm-hmm. and largely only competes as a betting favorite. I yeah. think the price on the Tommy well, Fury fight was close, right? But yeah, no, I mean, that's not lost on me either. I guess yeah. for me, wide-eyed realizing and perhaps if we had a pay-per-view in nashville it might have been a little bit different but we found ourselves not rushing to a tv but certainly curious as nate diaz supporters to get to a tv to watch the final few rounds and yet i see all these people and i'm picking their brains and i'm wondering you know we got ufc fight night at bridgestone arena we're here for the first time in four years right down the street sort of wondering why Jake Paul is dominating the evening. But uh, he's a massive combat sports superstar. When I would go pick up my kids at elementary school a couple of years ago, the name I hear on the playground is Jake Paul, not George St. Pierre, you know? So yeah. uh, he's an absolute star, yeah. Ray. I mean, and I, and I applaud, that. Yeah, I applaud that. And welcome to the world of the YouTube stars. I mean, that's it. Yeah. But you got to remember, he had a great dance partner. Nate Diaz is super, super popular. You could see where every, anywhere that guy goes, that stands up. Oh. So, you know, hats off to those guys. I do. Look, so there's, you know, there's like reality and then, you know, there's other things. But what they did and the money they generated is, is unbelievable. So hats off to everybody for that. But as far as looking at it, Beyond entertainment, I think it, to me, is a little odd. You know what I mean? I applaud what they're doing, how he puts it together. But if you want to see the flip side of that, do my equation. Because I don't, I don't want it to come off as hating. I think entertainment-wise, yeah, no, like you know, like marketing-wise, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stroke of genius. But, you know, it's just you can't be 200 pounds calling up guys that were fighting at 55 or 70. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to put – that's why I say you get uh, Nick Bo Nichols one eighty five. Put him in with a one sixty pound champion of you know <laughs> boxing champ, and I love boxing, but that's not a fight. It's really not mm-hmm. a fight. There's there would be a one yeah. in a million shot he loses that fight. And he's just not. He's just you're not. There's none of those guys could stop the takedown or the submissions that's going to follow. You know, so the fact that he is fighting the older guys and not even getting rid of them is very weird to me. So. You know, like, again, but I don't want to, like, again, it's not hatred. I'm just making an observation. I got no, you know, nothing invested in any of it. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, we could go on and on about this. I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Like, Dustin Jacoby is a light heavyweight, right? He is a decorated kickboxer. Without a doubt. Let's say Jacoby, Jacoby can't kick. 
you know, how does he fare in a boxing match with Jake Paul? Well, then some people will say, yeah, but Jake cuts down or whatever. He's not really. So take Sean Strickland, for example, right? Like I will, I want to see Matt Brown fight Jake Paul, but Dominic's like, no, you're picking these wounded animals. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Matt Brown is too fucking tough. And too mean. Matt Brown will knock out Jake Paul if you give him the opportunity. I don't know how. I don't know. I know he can't kick and fucking elbow. If you give Matt Brown the opportunity, he will knock Jake Paul out. I promise. Yeah. I promise you. He will. How does Sean Strickland do? Like, how does Sean Strickland do? Sean Strickland is a primed, primal MMA athlete with a very good jab. I know Sean kicks too. But, Ray, how would Sean Strickland do against Jake Paul in a boxing set? Um, I, I can tell you, he would love to have the opportunity. I know that. So I, I yeah. would pick, definitely pick Strickland. But this is the beauty of what's going on. We're all here talking about it. I think that's the beautiful about it. They've, they've gotten to that. That's not a, an easy level to get to where everybody, like you say, they're mentioning Paul's name on the, uh, on the, on the playground with the kids. So, right. like, again, for that stuff, which I, I think it's fantastic. I, 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 I don't get it. I, like, again, I say I'm never going to get it, but they did it. And that's the world we live in today. And, you know, like, again, hats off to them on that. But as far as analyzing it as like a fight, it's right. almost like, you know, the athletic. All right, at Ray Longo MMA 9358 on social media. <laughs> Ray Longo MMA on Twitter, but uh, we appreciate Ray for the extended time today. And uh, we're going to bounce on out of here in a few minutes, but I do want to get into some of the other UFC Fight Night highlights. And then don't forget, we'll be back with you coming up on Thursday mm-hmm. with a full preview of UFC Fight Night, Vicente Luque and Rafael Dos Anjos. We will get Kenny's thoughts on the Sanhagen font business, but Primarily, a lot of what we spend our time on Thursday will be to look ahead with some predictions. Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So, all right, there's so many different things that happen on this fight night. I want to try to give some of these other wins the acknowledgement that they deserve. So, Kennedy and Zechagu has been plagued by slow starts before, Bry, and uh, it affects him again. You know, he did land a big shot, but... The one that Dustin Jacoby landed was bigger. Certainly, maybe you would have liked the referee to give Nzechiku one more beat, yeah. but I didn't have a huge issue with the stoppage. Uh, but it was interesting. You had Nzechiku had won three in a row, Jacoby, who had lost two in a row. And uh, I spent some time with the General Safe Saud at the airport, and there's no denying uh, the 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 nature of this as a setback for Nzechiku and a huge win for Jacoby moving forward. Yeah, this is a big fight. I, it was hard for me to break down. You know, I went Jacoby by dog. I thought it was going to go over two and a half. That was my big play because both these guys, you know, like I said, Kennedy comes out a little slower and Jacoby kind of picks people apart. Kennedy came out fast. And that's what plagued him in this fight. He did come out fast, but he walked right into a right hand after landing a good shot. So it was like kind of one of those things where it's like, am I starting too slow? Am I starting too fast? I felt for the guy. I did think the stoppage was a hair early. Fair. I'm not going to cry about it or whatever. It's not going to be a big like post. Um, I thought you give Kennedy, who's been hurt before, you give him a little bit leeway. But again, the refs in there, I'm not. So um, I thought Jacoby looked good. This was a big fight for 205. 205, my eyes are wide open. And yeah. these are guys are pretty exciting, similar styles, similar builds. So this is a big win for Jacoby here. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I like what he said. He's like, I've been fighting behind. Let me fight ahead now. I yeah. think there's some good matchups in front of him for sure. He wants that Ryan Spann fight. His teammate, Anthony Lionheart Smith, is getting it, you know, but. Uh, yeah. That would have been interesting, right? If uh, if he could have had that Ryan Span fight, that's a big fight for Span. You know, getting that Anthony Smith rematch in a co-main event in Singapore—it's actually just a few weeks away. So there were a lot of decisions on this fight night. Some of them were 
Very entertaining, right? Billy Corntello over Damon Jackson. Great rally by Billy Q. DJ had his moments. Cody Durden is an absolute stud out of American Top Team, one of Alessandre Pantoja's primary training partners. Four straight wins for him as he gets by a very game. Uh, Jake White Kong Hadley. Jake Hadley's got that Jake Hadley strut. I don't know how I feel about it. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Uh, It's definitely his. (laughs) But there were a lot of decisions, a lot of big finishes. Carlson Harris with an unbelievable choke to get Jeremiah Wells to sleep. Wells had been perfect in the UFC. But, Jason, I want to pick your brain, if I could, on Ludovic Klein. You absolutely love this guy. And he was fighting a guy who you know very well, Ignacio Bahamundes, given your relationship with Bala Muhammad, who was in his corner. Um, Nacho was game. I know Cruz loves watching Nacho perform, but Ludovic Klein proven to be the better man on this night at 155. Well, Ludovic Klein's a guy that when I started getting deeper into the UFC about three years ago, he was a, he had a big win and I sort of plucked myself a little bit, got a little bit on that bandwagon early and just, I know he had to miss some fights getting hurt here and there. I just love the physique for the weight class and his boxing is crispy. He's really difficult, really everywhere. And to me though, you know, uh, Bala Muhammad had a lot of confidence in Nacho in this spot. He liked the matchup very much. Um, and I, to me though, I think losses early on in the UFC in this realm, like for Ignacio, couldn't be more valuable. Losing in that fashion, I think, can actually expedite the championship run in a way, you know, other, you know, really sort of getting beat up. And it, it, it wasn't close. I know he looked, you know, at the end pretty pleased, but it wasn't close. I, 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 I 30 27 for me, really all day long. And to mm-hmm. me, Hard for me not to focus on Nacho because he's a big part of sort of Bully's life, Bilal's life and and training him. Um, But to me, it's a good spot. I think Nacho, I I think Bilal would have liked to see Nacho fight some guys, even had he come out of this with a win. I don't think Bilal thinking necessarily ready for the rankings yet either. So I think it's good to have a setback at this stage. But look out for Ludovic Klein, man. I think he matches up really well Mm -hmm. with a lot of guys in that division. All right, nicely done. At welterweight, Carlson Harris over Jeremiah Wells by technical submission. Anaconda. So... Right. Yeah. Jeremiah Wells. I don't know what it was like for you guys watching this athlete live. Yeah. And he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He got choked to sleep here by the Guyana native Carlston Harris. And I feel so good for Harris, 36-year-old, getting the bonus. His coach is the man. But, dude, Jeremiah Wells' ability to cover distance quickly in the octagon, mm-hmm. the athleticism. <laughs> Oftentimes, you'll hear me say that, American football is exponentially more dangerous than mixed martial arts. And it is. But one of the big reasons is that these athletes on a football field can get going 30 miles per hour. And even when Jorge Masvidal knocks out Ben Askren with a knee, probably only going like 11 miles per hour. So I think Jeremiah Wells can get going like 25 miles per hour in the octagon. I've never seen anybody throw their body faster across the octagon to where they want to get than this welterweight. And I know he lost the fight, but uh, (laughs) yeah. This Jeremiah Wells, dude, what a freak athlete, man. Holy shit. Super athlete. And he's not young. He's not a young dude. He's out there doing it at an advanced age. I mean, advanced age for the sport. And he looked great. I mean, he was cruising to a victory. A buddy of mine picked up Harris at plus 800 in that third round. I mean, you know, Harris wasn't giving up. Harris wasn't getting out of that. He's a dog in there. And then when he had the when he had the choke, it was kind of an awkward choke. And Jeremiah kind of had his arm right here. I look at my wife. I'm like, he's safe. He's safe. Next thing you know, he's sleeping. And my wife's like, what's up? What is he saying? Right. I'm like, hey, I don't got a black button jujitsu, babe. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I thought he was okay because the arm was there. And then next thing you know, he's sleeping. And then, you right. know, Carlson Harris is saying, hey, I get that all the time in the gym. Guys think they're safe. They're not. Um, you know, this is this was a fight that I thought was pretty easy to read on the Jeremiah Wells side. I had a Jeremiah Wells ticket, was looking good. And Harris <laughs> spoils the party, which I kind of love because that's fucking MMA. You know what I mean? I'm happy for the guy. You know, he lost two rounds and he didn't give up. 
That's what it's all about. Jason Herzog, absolutely all over it. And I actually delayed the call, right? Because had I known right in the moment, right? I think I was sort of leaning into some of the analysis that we didn't necessarily think it was going to happen. Had I known right in the moment, I probably would have... uh, Acknowledge that he had just submitted to Henzo Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but uh, right. congratulations to Carlson Harris. And you're right, Jeremiah Wells also 36 and uh, getting it done in a big way. All right. Last thing I want to get to on this UFC fight night, I want to get your collective opinion on this and then I'll let you guys go. And I appreciate the extended time as you fellas sort of uh, helped me fill in for Ken Flo today. All right. So Jason Herzog, Mark Goddard, I believe they're the best two referees in mixed martial arts. There are other guys that I think are right there too. But we had the right referee for this main event as far as I'm concerned. And there are a few referees that I also hold in high regard that unequivocally would have at least warned Corey Sandhagen for more activity here and at some point would have stood this fight up. I don't think this fight should have stood up at all. Joe Rogan and I have long been aligned on this. We feel like a fighter has to get out themselves. Now, the rules don't necessarily dictate that. The referee has the power to stand this fight up. I guess I would just name a few, right? Not to name names, and this isn't necessarily me being overly critical. It's just my preference as a fan. But I think, you know, I think Mark Beltran certainly stands that fight up. Dan Mergliata, without a shadow of a doubt, whom I love as a human being and I think is a good referee. I think he stands that fight up. I think Mark Smith stands that fight up or at least offers up a warning. So, uh, Petrie, I'll start with you on this. You're as educated an MMA fan as I can find. Where do you stand on... Herzog uh, not really giving Sandhagen so much as a warning all night long and uh, allowing the fight to play out the way it did. I liked it. I mean, that's MMA. They're, they were, they're battling position on the ground. I mean, Rob Font was trying to secure guard. Corey was trying to pass guard. He did it a few times, landing strikes. They were scrambling on the ground. That's what you do. You got to make them work. The only time I'm ever really vocal about, okay, let's let's kind of maybe break him up, is when they're in the clinch. If you're in the clinch against the cage, a guy against the cage, excuse me, and the guy's clearly trying to stall, let's give him a clap. Let's give him a warning. And when you said that, the first fight, the first ref that popped in my head was Mark Smith. He has no time for that shit. He he is very quick to stand <laughs> yeah. people up. I think he's a very good ref. He's you know fairly new. Has been around. I mean, not well, new to the UFC scene at least. He's been around. He hasn't been around as long as some of these other guys. But he's he 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 doesn't play that shit. All right, let's get up. We're going. Let's go. And, and I think a crowd maybe plays in the factor of that. But I think Jason Herzog is the best referee. My favorite referee, at least. And they're working. That's MMA. That's that's what it is. And they were working and Corey's working. And I had no problem with it whatsoever. I think that is that is a sport. And and I agree with you, Jay. I really, I think he hit on everything, you know, and, and I, we talked about this in Nashville, John, and I said, would there, re, would those guys, would, first of all, I don't necessarily agree with you, John. I don't think those guys necessarily stand it up because I don't think there was a single moment where it really, where it would have been the right moment to do that. But is it because of the crowd? You know, is, is that why one of the, and, and Petrie obviously brought it up, but I will say there were spots even in that championship with Pantoja and Moreno where I saw both guys. Now maybe Pantoja's on his back. That's not necessarily a spot where you're going to take him off his back when he's standing up, but I saw both guys sort of catch in breath. There wasn't a moment where I saw where Corey wasn't trying to actively improve his position and Font wasn't desperately trying to get up. So to me, there wouldn't, I think it would have been a huge mistake, but Herzog did go over to Sandhagen at the end of round four and I believe try to address something almost like, you know, I don't know exactly what he said, but I think he was trying to address it. I believe Dom said maybe in multiple rounds, but yeah, right ref for the right situation. But I got to mm-hmm. just say real quick about the bantamweight division, John. I believe Cody put in the chat that Corey did say it was torn and uh, on his Instagram. So I believe it is mm-hmm. torn. But Petrie, when you're talking about Cheeto, I mean, Marab, yeah. I saw Marab. He's getting close. He's healing up. So where are we I going? Know. Talk to the- 
The reason I said that is because I don't know what Aljo is going to do, right? Is Aljo popping the 45 for sure? Because if Aljo sticks at 35, Marab's not fighting him, right? So that's what right. I mean. If Aljo stays, then it's probably going to be Cheeto. Depend, you know, but Aljo needs a break too. So maybe the timeline adds up where they throw Corey in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for sure, if Aljo moves up, Marab's the guy. There's no one else. I, I, I maybe misspoke or whatever, but that's 100%. No, no, I no. love Marab. He's taking pictures of cowboy hats. I mean, the dude's a G. I wish I would have ran into him, but uh, no, Marab's the guy, but I was just referring to really wasn't sure Aljo's situation because uh, there's been, we're, we're going up to 45 and doing Volkanovski and then maybe retiring. Maybe we're sitting at 35. I, I, it's in flux. I wasn't sure what the exact plan was. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But Sean O'Malley could very well beat Aljamain Sterling, even yeah. though he is not favored to do so. And part of the reason why Aljamain Sterling's title defense is being expedited is because Sean O'Malley fought Piotr Jan a long time ago to become the number right. one contender. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that the calendar works in favor of the healthiest guy. Because if Corey Sandhagen is undergoing surgery this week, and that is the expectation, mm -hmm. You know, he's not fighting in December. And if Sean O'Malley knocks out Jermaine Sterling out in round one, probably going to headline our pay-per-view in December. Yeah. Call it yeah. speculation, if you will. Uh, all right, Brian Petrie on social media. Yeah. You can find him at Brian Petrie MMA. For my twin bro, he's at Boston Anik. He'll be back with a new episode of Remember the Show on the Anik and Podcast YouTube channel this Thursday. And, of course, BP back with us coming up this Thursday for a second edition of the Anakin Florian podcast, we'll look at Luke and Dos Anjos. BPJ, appreciate you guys. Get the fuck out of here. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, Thank boys. You, mm. All right, that is going to do it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching the Anakin Florian podcast. We'll also get some thoughts from Ken Flo on PFL4 and some of the highlights, including a win for the man, the silverback Thad Gene. Uh, we'll also get Ken Flo's thoughts on Corey Sanhagen's big win over Rob Font. We'll get predictions on Vicente Luque, Rafael Dos Anjos, and the rest of the card coming up on August 12th. And then we will also later this week start to begin our two-week preview on UFC 292 coming up August 19th in Boston, Massachusetts. And in closing, I just want to say, in reference to Raymond's line, that it is the people that make the people. Thank you to our listeners and viewers. Thank you so much, right? I've been broadcasting for 20 years. I've never received an award. I don't care to receive one. But this nomination for the Anakin Florian podcast I feel like is one of the biggest accomplishments of my entire broadcasting career because we built this thing from scratch and we have just tried to provide free MMA content to fans for the better part of a decade. And so whomever makes up this panel to acknowledge our show, I'm just forever in gratitude to you people. Let's get out the vote. Let's see if we can at least uh, move the needle a little bit. And uh, thanks to everybody for supporting and watching the show. Tell your friends, subscribe to the DraftKings YouTube channel. And if you like our videos, those will be the ones that primarily populate. Thank you to everybody for checking out the Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings. Thanks to Brian Petrie, Jason Anik, Ray Longo joining us today, our capable producer, Cody Merrow, as well. And uh, we'll be back with you folks in about 72 hours or so with a complete pre preview of the fight night on deck coming up this weekend back at the Apex. Thank you all for listening, for watching. I'm John Anik. We'll talk to you Thursday. Until then, yo later.
Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. 